Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. And we're, we're going to have this podcast to kind of go over some information uh, about Ojibwe and the closure up there. You know, it was announced last month uh, that Ojibwe would be closing. And we want to make sure that we get everybody, everybody, especially the staff up there, as much information as we possibly can. So we have Jonathan Patterson on today, and Jonathan Patterson is the HR director here at the Department of Corrections. And so, Jonathan, you know, just to kick this off, you, you've been on the past, during past closures, to talk about information. So I, I'm fairly confident everybody knows who you are. Um, but if they don't, can you, can you just tell everybody uh, kind of what you do for the department? Yes, I'm the Human Resources Director for the Department of Correction, which I oversee all HR functions for the department, including disability management, uh, labor relations, and uh, EEOC. I guess, what can you tell us about where we're at, uh, you know, at this point in the closure? Um, where are we at and where, you know, what's, what's, what should people be looking forward to? Well, at this point, like you indicated, the closure was announced last month. Typically, with a closure, with a scheduled closure date of December 1st, we probably wouldn't be issuing letters until um, the early part of November, maybe late October. However, due to the overwhelming responses from the staff, um, that they would like to know and find out information as soon as possible because of the distance to the next closest work site, which is Berger Correctional Facility. Uh, if people are going to stay employed with the Department of Corrections, there's a likelihood that they're going to have to relocate. It's probably not a commutable drive to the next facility. So we wanted to um, answer those responses and try to get out the information as soon as possible to employees so they can make those life decisions. So we are looking at issuing the letters um, September 24th, uh, so just in a, about a week and a half. There's a lot of work that's already gone on so far. So can you talk about some of the things that have already happened, you know, uh, the bump region, uh, people taking transfers, and some of the things that have, that have gone on so far? We met with MCO uh, to designate the layoff unit, which was designated as Berger Correctional Facility. So for MCO-represented employees, they have the ability to bump to Berger Correctional Facility. Um, we also negotiated um, transfer abilities uh, with MCO-represented employees, and so we took the opportunity to get transfer requests to open up spots in the layoff unit to make as many available vacancies for corrections officers to bump into. At this point, we closed that off last Friday, and we had received 13 transfer requests from MCO members, so we will be effectuating those transfers um, beginning the next pay period and then a few more after that pay period. For those that requested voluntary transfers out of Berger Correctional Facility, they will remain there until the closure date, and then um, on December 1st, the Ojibwe will close, and December 2nd, those transfers out of Berger Correctional Facility will be effectuated for those employees who want to go to other work locations. Uh, for the other bargaining units, um, we are now working on, with all the bargaining units, we're working on the calculations. Um, as I indicated, we're going to be issuing letters on September 24th. So actually, I started just last night working on calculations. We'll be working on those up until those employees, and as I indicated, I'll be at the facility on September 24th to issue letters to employees at Ojibwe Correctional Facility. And um, depending on the bumps, the, the way the bumps go to other facilities, um, my human resources officers will deliver letters at those facilities.
After they receive the letter, what's the next step for them if, if they receive a, a layoff notice, if they don't get exposure for the officers in particular, if they don't have the seniority or the status to bump over to Barriga, uh, what happens to them next? What, what can they do? For the officers, um, we have a process called expedited recall. So they will either have the seniority to either bump to a Barriga Correctional Facility or if they can't, if their seniority doesn't allow them to hold a Barriga Correctional Facility, we will issue them a layoff notice. Along with that layoff notice, we give them a form called an expedited recall form. Um, due to the amount of vacancies we have throughout the Department of Corrections, we can accommodate um, every officer at Ojibwe and every officer at Barriga that may get laid off um, at some other facility. So what we do is we give them the expedited recall form. They can indicate if they're willing to be recalled to another facility. And what would basically happen is the employee would be laid off effective December 1st as of the date of the closure, and then they would be recalled December 2nd to whatever facility that they're indicating that they're willing to be recalled to. Um, for other employees, um, they will either receive a bump notice um, indicating that they're bumping to a different work location or possibly even a different classification if they have to bump down uh, to a prior class, or they will receive a layoff notice. Along with that, we give them um, a layoff information, which includes recall information, information regarding um, insurance to continue COBRA insurance if they need, and just any resources that are available. Also, some of the things that we are trying to do to assist the employees is um, the letters will be issued on September 24th, and prior to employees having to indicate what their preference is as far as, like, if they want to accept their bump or if they're going to get a layoff, we're also going to have what is called our rapid response team uh, at the uh, Ojibwe Correctional Facility. They'll be there on October 1st. And for Barriga, they'll be there on October 2nd. And it is representatives from various agencies, including Michigan Works, uh, Unemployment, um, I believe Wisconsin uh, Works is also going to be there to try to assist the employees. And one, if they are being laid off, um, to inform them and educate them on the unemployment process, how to file. Um, and then Michigan Works um, and, like I said, Wisconsin Works and some other uh, representatives from like MISHTA on if uh, employees are, because of being laid off or running into some uh, trouble making mortgage payments, there are some assistance through MISHTA. So we are trying to do everything that we can. We understand that this is a, you know, uh, obviously a hardship on the employees there and the community. So we're trying to provide as many resources available to assist them uh, through this process. Well, that's great. I think it's good to, to, to lay out all the ways in which we're, we're trying to assist, and, and uh, as well as bringing in state agencies and, and other. You know, the governor's office had a, brought a group up there to, to talk about economic development, and there's a lot of things. But you know, we have to be focused on what we can do for our employees, and that's what we're authorized uh, to do. Other agencies that have the ability to do some of those other things, like you mentioned, uh, are certainly doing that. And, and are providing those resources. So I know for our staff, um, if they have additional questions, they can always submit them to askmdoc.michigan.gov, and then we get those questions down to you, and you've been great uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know, replying to those, and we can get those responses back. So um, if people have any other questions, they can talk with you and, and your staff on the 24th, um, or they can email askmdoc.michigan.gov, and we will get uh, responses back to them. Um, but uh, like you said, Jonathan, I know this is a difficult time, and uh, I know your staff and, and everybody there has been working hard to 
make this a, as smooth a transition as possible. You, understanding, obviously, the, the hardship that some of the staff are going to be facing. But I wanted to uh, thank you for, for what you do, uh, and thank you for coming on Field Days. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, Chris, it was nice to have Jonathan on to kind of, you know, just give a give an update on what's what's happening with the closure in Ojibwe. You know, it's this is a, this is a very tough time, you know, especially for the people at Ojibwe and in the UP. It's affecting and impacting a lot, um, you know, for them personally. So, the more that we can get on and share as much as we possibly can with everyone, um, you know, that's our plan. We want to make sure that we're giving out information as we get it um, so that you know we can get we can be very transparent and get as much information out to those people who are being impacted as we can so um, you know I'm sure this won't be the last time we'll have information about the closure um, but you know moving moving forward here Chris we, we, I know there was a pistol shoot last week uh, and I and I hear we did pretty well in that right yeah so last week the uh, MDOC had its uh, a number of shooting teams at the uh, Michigan police uh, pistol match uh, MSP uh, helps put on. And so, you know, since Director Washington has been on board, we've, the MDOC has really stepped up its game with uh, shooting teams. And so we talked to uh, some of the folks that are involved in that, and we're going to have some audio from that next week that you guys can hear, as well as we'll have, we'll break down some of the, uh, some of the details and uh, how the team did. And some really exciting news about two of the team members and what they're going to be doing because of how well they did uh, last week. So we'll share all that with you uh, next week. Come on, Chris. You're gonna, you're gonna make us wait until next week to find out how we did. That's that's cold, man. But I guess we'll have to wait and see how uh, see how our MDOC team did in Jackson. Um, FOA, you know, we had we had a loss of uh, one of our staff members in FOA, and you know we are we are very saddened um, when we learned last a uh, couple couple Sundays ago, a week ago, a Sunday, that Supervisor Larry McDonald, he was in the Macomb Probation Office, um, he unexpectedly passed away at his home. And, you know, Larry had, had been around FOA and the Department of Corrections for over 40 years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a tragic loss. He was such a great guy. You know, he was a great mentor. He was a great leader. Um, you know, he brought in a lot of staff. He was part of that hiring process. He, you know, he, was, he, was a, he taught at a college. And, um, you know, he was a mentor to a lot of, a lot of staff over his 40 years. And, you know, we are, we are really, really going to miss him. Um, he was such a great guy. And, you know, he was the uh, Supervisor of the Year uh, in FOA a couple years back at the FOA Supervisor Conference, and we were lucky enough to have him on the podcast. Right after he won, um, we, we grabbed him, and he, and he came on and talked about really, uh, you know, what it is, uh, to, you know, to be an employee, and, and it, was, it was a wonderful, wonderful conversation that we had. So um, really want to go back and, and hear his words because they, they, they really resonate and they, they really mean a lot. And as voted on by their peers, the Metropolitan Supervisor of the Year is Supervisor Larry McDonald. I just want to thank my, my co-workers uh, and all of you really are kind of humbled by this. Uh, however, I will say one thing, go Lakers. Well, congratulations on your award. And on top of that, you had the benefit of hearing what our questions are going to be, so you had a little more time to prepare. So, again, um, this is a, is a unique award, and your, peer, your peers are the ones who voted for you for this. So what does this mean to you to have won this award? Well, it's, uh, as I said, it's very humbling um, to be selected from among I kept hearing the nominees, and I said, wow, that's some good people. And, and to be selected and voted uh, in by all the Metro Supervisors, I think, is, uh, is, is an honor, and I deeply appreciate it, and 
I'm humbled by it, and will certainly try to live up, live up to it in the time I have left. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from, from uh, your, your Laker background, what other secrets to success would you have? Um, just treat people like you want to be treated, and try to, uh, try to uh, approach the job as, as, as not as a, as a supervisor, but more of as someone, hey, here's what we got to do, let's, let's try and get this done together. Let's kind of lead by example and, and show people uh, how, how, how we're supposed to act. And uh, that's, that's kind of it, that's what I've tried to do, and I guess it's worked a little bit. <laughs> I think it's worked a lot. Well, thank you very much, congratulations, and thank you for all your service. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you. Well, it, it was great to hear Larry's words, like you said. Uh, they still they still ring true today. And uh, Larry was a great guy. He will definitely be missed. Uh, we were so lucky to have him on the podcast and so lucky to have him in this department for 40 years, like like you said. I mean, you talked about the staff that, that he definitely impacted. But think about 40 years uh, in this line of work and how many lives he changed. And not only the lives of the offenders, but of, of their families and their children. Um, he impacted a lot of lives, and he will definitely be missed, but he'll always be remembered. So... Uh, thank you to Larry and to all the staff that, that are dealing uh, and grieving uh, with his loss right now. Our hearts are with you. Uh, but that'll wrap it up for this week, and we will be back next week with an all-new edition of the Field Days podcast. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.